like nostalgic. Movie review from Nerdy Married Man. And we are a go. Well, hello, everybody. Hello, welcome back to new nostalgic movie reviews. I'm David. And I'm Steven. And today we are going to talk about The Invisible Man from 2020. It's rated R and it's two hours and four minutes. The yeah. synopsis is uh, when Cecilia's abusive ex takes his own life and leaves her his fortune, she suspects his death was a hoax. As a series of coincidences turn lethal, Cecilia works to prove that she is being hunted by someone nobody can see. Yes, and the casting for this movie, we have Elizabeth Moss, we have Oliver Jackson Cohen, we have Harriet uh, Dyer, we have Aldous Hodge, Storm Reed, and Michael Dorman. And for those of you who just watched the Last of Us series with us or on our podcast, Storm Reed was actually Riley in the Last of Us series. Woot woot. This movie is incredible. <laughs> this movie is... The uh, of all the horror remakes and stuff that we've seen, and all of the horror remakes that try to like make things more in the real world and more realistic, this does it perfectly. Yeah, this is this like I'd almost not even like it is a remake or a reimagining, but I almost wouldn't call it that. I feel like it's its own movie. It feels like it's an original idea. I know it takes ideas from like the original Invisible Man, but it feels different enough and just tackles a different like source material, like a bunch of different ideas that it's a completely different story. Oh yeah. It's really just insane how well they do this. And the, the other things this movie tackles, this movie tackles toxic relationships better than I've ever seen in most movies. And a lot of that is thanks to Elizabeth Moss. Cause she worked really hard with the director and even changed a lot of things in it because she's like, I've, dealt with really toxic relationships and really horrible things in my life and i can tell you like this is not how they would react and he's like well do it how you think it should be done and he gave her free roam on a lot of things to change a lot of things and my god did it pay off elizabeth moth is the best at dealing with like trauma <laughs> and toxic things she's such an amazing actor for that shit yeah i think i mean anyone that's gonna review this movie is going to say the same thing, but this movie is definitely like an allegory for domestic abuse. And like, that's also kind of like a warning if you know, you've suffered from domestic abuse or like, you know, it could be something that's triggering. It's a very powerful movie. True. It's very, very true. Um, this movie is frightening. Like, Oh my, I have all the invisible man movies that I've watched. This is the one that I've been the most terrified of. Like this character is terrifying he's so patient he's so meticulous he's so controlling and so ridiculous in the way he does everything and this the the way they reimagined the way he's invisible is so inventive and so new and so fresh and i loved it yeah and i mean adrian is just menacing throughout the whole movie and i don't know the the things that get me it's like it's just really good at building tension and like the atmosphere is terrifying and the movie is very like this isn't a negative but it is a slow building movie yes. a slow burn in all the best ways like it's one of those psychological thrillers that it takes its time for a reason mm -hmm. and does it in such a great way 
Oh, and the pacing for it is brilliant. Honestly, like oh, it's, it's, it's we say it's a slow burn, but it's not one of those slow burns where you're like, uh, how much longer is this movie? Like you're invested this entire time. Like it is the like David said, the perfect slow burn. Yeah, it's it's a slow burn that before you know it, the movie's over. But it like it was very patient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and honestly, I think like the ending is great by oh, yeah. all means, but the first two thirds of this movie are I think I liked even more because of all the like intensity and the tension building throughout the movie. And you're just, you're so you're questioning everything and looking around, like is something actually there or is it not? And like, yeah, like you said, the pacing's well. And I think this movie also did really well uh, doing a show. Don't tell approach. Oh yeah. And it works really greatly. Like just all the context clues and everything it shows you, it tells the story so much better than just, you know, vomiting exposition. Well, in dealing with a movie with an invisible character, every shot you don't see something, you are looking for everything. And it mm-hmm. is so well done with how it's shot because every time you're looking for a, a footprint on the ground or an imprint of a couch or a sofa, you're looking for a breath of air in the atmosphere, like if it's cold outside. like it, Everything in this is so just like you're waiting to see something floating or something doing this, and it's, it's ridiculous. Well, this movie is shot in a way that is so creative where like you'll be watching a scene and it's like oddly widespread. So like it, it's like there, there's a scene with two people in it, but it's being shot. Like there's a third person in the room Always. or sometimes people will move, but the camera won't move with the people. The camera will move with something else. And so it's like the camera's following something that's there. That's really not, or could be, it's just so brilliant. And it really leaves you up in the air. A lot of times of, is there actually someone there? Or is she going crazy? And that is, I think, what they do just so perfectly, too. And there's not a single character that I like. Obviously, we hate Adrian in this movie because of how awful he is. But like every character in this movie plays their part extremely well. Like Mm -hmm. it is ridiculous. It's so real. Like everything feels insanely real. The way everyone reacts to everything feels so real. Like it just if this happened today, like this is exactly how it would happen. (laughs) Well, the whole the whole psychological part of it, like. I don't know if anyone out there has experienced it, but when you're watching the movie and it's like, you know, you're the main character and it hurts when you know the truth, but your friends or people around you don't believe you. So you have this feeling of like isolation. So this movie does really good with that, you know, making you feel like I am I going crazy, but I swear I know what's going on. It's or or really... even if people do believe you, they have that kind of, notion in their head like how much of your story is any of your story exaggerated like i i believe what mm. you're saying is true but i haven't actually seen this person act those ways so i i i don't know for sure like i haven't seen the crazy myself so it's hard for me to believe fully how crazy you're saying they are and so that's where it's like that's where it's really hard and it, anybody who's experienced that that's where that hurts you the most and that will trigger yeah. you the most so i guess uh how would you rate this movie uh this is a must buy must watch this is uh, this is my fourth or fifth time watching this movie i as much as like this movie terrifies me i love this movie i i watch it a lot i've uh, every time someone's like i haven't watched this movie i'm like you want to have a movie night <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i feel the same way i think you know even if you don't want to buy it 
you need to watch it. Everyone should watch it at least once because it's just such a great movie, especially if you're a fan of horror. Check it out. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess uh, before we move on to spoilers, uh, one other movie uh, I wanted to bring up uh, that I watched this week. Um, Me and my wife decided to take a shot and watch Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Try saying that five times fast. (laughs) (laughs) That it's an A24 movie. It stars Jenny Slate. It's about a one inch shell. Um, It's like stop motion kind of CGI animated, but also got real life characters in it, including the cast of 60 Minutes, the TV show, (laughs) which is hilarious. Uh, This movie is the most adorable and hilarious movie I've seen in a long, long time. Mario and I, especially for the first like half of this movie, we were laughing so hard. We were crying every day since we watched it. We've been quoting it. We'll probably continue to quote this movie to the day we die. There's some quotes in this that are just absolutely amazing. Like one of my our favorite quotes is, do you know why I like to smile? Because it's worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's just that level of cuteness and adorable, and it's 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 a must watch. We're gonna I put it on our list. We're gonna do it in like a month or so. I I had to. It's incredible. So pay attention. Wait out for that episode. David will have his first uh, viewing of it, and he'll tell you his thoughts on it. Yeah, be on the look. So uh, again, uh, next week we are taking a look at Chappie. Yes. Awesome robot movie. So watch that. Um, awesome's a word. What's that? I said awesome's a word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that, we'll move on to the spoilers. All right. Uh, this movie dives right into it. And the director of this movie didn't want to give any backstory or any shots or anything of anything that happened between Adrian and Cecilia. And I absolutely love him for it. First off, I got to say, the opening credits for this movie are the best opening credits I've ever seen in any movie ever. The waves <laughs> smashing against the rock and falling down and then revealing the opening credits of certain things. Beautiful, stunning. And then just getting right into it with her drugging her husband with dopamine. Uh, or Sorry, diazepam. And uh, trying to escape at like three in the morning to get out of this house like you can tell instantly she's in a bad place in a bad relationship and if she's doing all of the things that she's doing and the way that she planned everything with hiding bags in the vents and hiding everything and setting up cameras to watch him and doing all these things like she's doing a lot of things to be able to get away from this guy you are like terrified immediately like oh god <laughs> yeah it's you know she gets up and she's sneaking around and she turns uh this camera that's looking down the hallway she turns it you know 90 degrees to look at adrian while he's sleeping so she can be watching on her phone as she's trying to escape and it's just this really intense sequence that kicks off this movie and And it's such a quiet silent sequence because of how Mm -hmm. quiet she's trying to be and she does what so many people do when rushing but also trying to be quiet she kicks the dog's metal food bowl down the hall a little bit, and it's the loudest thing ever. And because of how quiet this entire first scene is, that now scene is just, and then she's just like staring at the camera, like, oh my God, did that wake him? Did that wake him? Did that wake him? Like, holy shit. <laughs> like, it's it's terrifying. Hate that she 
stopped with to hug the dog goodbye and try to get the leash off the dog um, because then the dog ends up hitting the car to turn on the car alarm and she freaks out and just sprints down the hill and sees that that did wake him up. Oh yeah, the lights of the house come on and she's smart. She gets over the fence and she runs into this foresty area because she's meeting her sister on like the highway in this forest. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if I mean, she gets to the road and she's like, oh shit, because... She doesn't see a car coming at all. She's like, I'm alone here. If I were her, I probably would have turned off the flashlight and just like hid somewhere. I would have gone down that road where she thought her sister was going to be coming from. Like just kept going that direction. Like not just stop where she was, but just kept going. Yeah, turn off all the flashlights and just keep walking. Like don't ever stop. Don't turn your flashlight back on so you see the headlights. Uh I mean, the the sister shows up and she gets in the car and the sister's kind of confused. Like, you know, I'm... Is everything okay? <laughs> yeah, like, is everything okay? I'm, I'm doing what you wanted me to do, but here we go. And as they get in the car and get ready to drive off, out of the trees you see in the background, Adrian sprint up to the window, and he breaks it, and he's, like, grabbing her through the window yeah. and trying to pull her out, and they drive away. And uh, when getting in the car, uh, Cecilia dropped the pill bottle uh, the the sleeping pills and so he finds them after they leave and it cuts to the next scene oh but gosh like the sister in that because she's like kind of like wondering what's going on and anything like, everything okay what's going on why do you want me to pick you up at 3 45 in the morning like on the dot like why is everything so specific what's going on because she doesn't know and she hasn't been able to tell anybody the things that she's been going through Adrian has been controlling her entire life, who she talks to, when she leaves the house, what she says, even to the point of what she thinks. And she talks more in details about this throughout the entire movie. So you'll get a glimpse of that. But no one really knows this. So when Adrian comes down the hill, she doesn't even start driving right away. And when she when Adrian breaks the window and starts grabbing her and grabbing her by like the chest throat area with her shirt she starts screaming and freaking out and just floors it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you, you believe her. You believe now. <laughs> like, that's insane. Like, that's crazy. Well, I, I feel like she was also probably a little confused because. Oh, yeah. As far as she knows, you know, his her sister kind of cut her off. Hadn't been speaking to her much lately mm-hmm. at all because Adrian was controlling her and she didn't know it. Um. So we get her then living um with this guy james who uh we find out is a cop and she wanted her sister to drop him off there but then never come back to the house because she didn't want adrian to be able to follow her to the house didn't want him to know where she was at or anything at all and we get sister coming to the house uh two weeks later i think it was and like, yeah, it was like two, two weeks later, I think. I, I think remember. it was two weeks later. And she gets all mad that her sister came to the house. And um, then she finds out that apparently Adrian's dead. Um, he was sad of Cecilia leaving him and he committed, committed suicide. suicide. And so they, you know, end up leaving to go meet with a lawyer. And the lawyer ends up being Adrian's brother, Tom, where mm-hmm. they talk about you know, in his death, Adrian was leaving all of his assets to Cecilia. And giving her a trust of $5 million that's going to go out in $100,000 a month payments or something like that. Which, damn, that's a lot of money. Yeah. (laughs) 
And so her being kind of excited that she's getting some money and stuff and wanting to um, kind of say, like, thank you to the people who have been putting up with her for the last two weeks and dealing with her not wanting to leave the house because she's been so terrified of Adrian coming after her. Like, she's the furthest she's gone from the house is the mailbox twice. I don't think she even went to the mailbox until after she knew Adrian was dead. Yeah. Like, she wouldn't leave the house because she thought she was always being watched. Or she did make it to the mailbox that one time before yeah. she knew Adrian's death. But she she made it to the box, but I don't think she even opened the mailbox because no. she got scared. And I don't blame her. I mean, that's terrifying. Well, like, guy sprinting man. behind her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wearing a hoodie. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's pretty crazy. And she goes ahead and she actually puts together a trust. Um, she's going to give $10,000 every so often into a bank account for the daughter to go to college. Yeah. Um, it's like a beauty school college or something. Yeah. Really cool of her to do. And she also buys them a, a new ladder <laughs> for their house. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of cute how she's like here's a ladder so you know help with painting because they were going to paint some room in the house and yeah it was really cute she's like oh and what's at the top of that shelf you might need a ladder to get up there oh look at this then we get this scene at night where the covers she's uh sleeping in the same bed with the daughter and the covers get taken off of them and then you see camera flashes and then all of a sudden, like, she wakes up and notices the covers are at the bottom. So she tries picking up the covers and then there's feels like someone's standing on the covers and she's not being able to pull it. But she can't see anyone there. You see these footprints yeah. on top of the covers. Just eerie. And she's like, this is this is freaky. And I want to say, uh, if you watch this movie multiple times, when she is leaving the house and she does go down to the laboratory area to turn off all this other security system and cameras you hear the the suit uh you actually hear the suit do you yeah so there's like a bunch the opening of, scene yeah in the opening scene you can actually hear the suit when she goes up towards it you don't see it because you know it's the invisible suit but oh when it's display in its display case yeah you hear the gotcha. optics like doing the like turning motion thing like when it was mm-hmm. going crazy you hear that at different times throughout this movie it's very faint. It's very subtle. But there are times in this movie where you do hear the optics of the suit. And knowing what it is, it's, you can catch it a lot more. But the first time you're watching this, you will not catch a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, then we, uh, which also I wanted to say the mannequin that the daughter had set up for her fashion school. That outfit was the original outfit of the Invisible Man. But also, fuck that mannequin. Yeah, fuck that mannequin. <laughs> leave that standing at the end of the bed. So, I mean, even if someone wasn't chasing me, waking up in the middle of the night, seeing the shadow of a body, like, no. <laughs> in, in a pitch black room. Like, it just looks like <laughs> a person standing there. It's freaky as hell. No, no, thank you. <laughs> then, yeah, we get all these kind of things where she's starting to be like, I don't know if Adrian's dead. I feel like he's still around and everyone's kind of saying these things like uh, James even says, Adrian will haunt you if you let him. And it's like, it's, it's a really good thing to say. And I get where his sentiment was coming from, but like it's because it, he absolutely believes he's dead. And they mm. even had like photos and stuff of his death and stuff. And so it's like, it's hard to say like, yeah, he's not dead. Like it is kind of crazy how they would have been able to fake this. 
on she like she's been tormented for so long that even mm-hmm. even if this were true it'd be so hard to believe it for her because it's like you know this is what he would do to manipulate people yeah. like this is him so i mean i i feel so bad for her in this situation and i mean only at that point it's just an idea like he might still be alive like it's not yeah. till you know a f- scene or two later where stuff starts actually happening that's like she really does not believe he's dead yeah well and like she does go back to like his brother again and it's like you need to tell him to stop this is ridiculous and they're like what are you doing what are you talking about he's dead his ashes are right there here's the pictures of his death blah 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 he's definitely dead and she's like, no, I know he was a brilliant inventor doing all these things with optics. He's faked his death. He's still manipulating me. And I know you're helping him. Like, you're you're ridiculous. Like, stop. When I know she mentions, like, she doesn't know he found a way to become invisible. But she's like, he's worked with technology. And she's, she specifically says, like, I don't know how he's doing it, but I know he is doing yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We also should mention that he also drugged her uh, before she goes to the lawyer again. She... She gets drugged with diazepam before an interview and all of her portfolio was emptied and she finds the diazepam with a bloody fingerprint on it in her bathroom. Yeah, Yeah, it did happen before because she had that interview with an architecture place. Yep. Um, And yeah, her drawings were missing. And then when she finds that bottle with a blood print on it, that's what convinces her to go back to his brother. Yeah. And say, you know, I know he's live. Like. He's tormenting me with this. And then he was like, you know, I was also tormented by him, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, you know, the only thing more brilliant than inventing something that makes you invisible is to make you think that he did. Like make you think he did something. And she's like, but none of this adds up. Why would this diazepam bottle be in my bathroom? Because I dropped it at his place. Like that would make no sense. And he's like, you're really going to say just because you found something that was lost that he's still alive like that makes no sense just everyone's really trying to like downplay things and she's feeling crazier and crazier as it gets and i Mm -hmm. it's it's awful to be in that situation where no one believes you yeah (laughs) yeah and just watching her like lose her sanity throughout this entire movie because she's starting to even question like is this real it has to be real he would do this shit like this is exactly what he would do if he could do he would turn everyone against me he would isolate me this is what he did to begin with this is why i had to cut ties with my sister and james and all these other people this has already happened once like you guys don't know this but this is exactly what i went through the first time i think we get this awesome scene where you know james leaves for work and she's making breakfast for the daughter Mm -hmm. and she puts the knife on the counter and the knife falls quote unquote (laughs) and then the the pan on the stove starts burning. The heat gets turned up and it sets on fire. And so they go in and put the fire out. But then the knife is never picked up. It just kind of disappeared. And they don't even really notice because of all the chaos with the yeah. fire. This is also around the time of the slap, right? Oh, there's one thing before it. The uh, Right before, like, it's one of those nights where she thinks that Adrian's messing around and she goes outside and oh, is yeah. standing out in the cold and you see her breathe and then next to her you see a cold breath appear next to her yep that and then breath we, scene is terrifying <laughs> yeah and then we get to the scene that you were about to talk about um with the it's the slap first and then the email thing yeah i believe 
she is having a rough day still because no one like believes her and stuff's happening and she's uh the daughter goes in to cheer her up and it's like you know let's have a night just girls night let's hang out and they're all excited about it and cecilia sits up from laying on the floor and is talking to her and the daughter looks down for a moment while she's mm-hmm. talked to her and right when the daughter looks down then yes. she gets slapped and then so the daughter screams james runs in and you know she looks down so she's convinced that cecilia is the one that hit her because she yeah. didn't see cecilia yeah of course at that moment she's like no no adrian didn't adrian didn't it's adrian it's not me i would never hurt her blah blah, blah. and he's like you need to calm down like you don't understand it's my daughter's uh health and stuff right now that is all i'm worried about we are leaving right now you stay stay away from my daughter right now this is not the place either of us need to be and just walks away and the way that james handles a lot of these situations perfect i mean perfect he's the best dad he's the best friend all at the same time yeah, he's like, my priority is my daughter's safety. Yep. You stay here, I'm going to get her out of here. We'll talk about this later. She has this whole speech. Why me? Like, she's just talking to nothing, but she's talking to an open doorway and because she thinks Adrian's right in that doorway. Why me? You can have anyone, so why me? There's nothing else you can take from me. Why me? Yeah, and at this point, too, he had also... Uh, there was an email that got sent to the sister. She apparently had sent an email to her sister saying that she never wanted to talk to her again, that she was suffocating her, that she thinks she's blah, 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 blah. She's an awful person. Yeah, she wishes her sister died. (laughs) And the sister's like, fine, fuck you. I don't want you in my life. And just like stops ignoring her, doesn't want her to come in, doesn't want her to do these things, doesn't want to help her out anymore. And Cecilia is feeling really alone right now. And it's just awful. Mm-hmm. And so from there, she calls Adrian's phone and hears it vibrating in the attic. So she goes up in the attic with that ladder and she sees the phone. She sees her portfolio, all of her drawings. She sees the knife that went missing. It's in a bag. And she's like, what the hell? And when she turns around to leave, um, or no, she gets a text on that phone, on Adrian's phone. And it says, surprise, surprise. eyes. And so she turns around and goes to leave and get down the ladder and she hears something. So she spills paint that's right next to the ladder and it covers him and he gets revealed. And it's the most terrifying thing. It is. It, this is one of the best reveals in a movie ever. Cause this is the first time you're actually like seeing the suit and kind it of. is kind <laughs> of, yeah. Like, well, you're seeing you you, you know, for sure that something else is there. Like, yeah. you know for sure a person's there because it totally silhouettes the head pretty well with the paint on it. Which, there's one thing about that scene. So he he gets covered in paint and falls down the ladder and runs. And then you see paint drops thinly disappear. You never see any footprints. Mm-hmm. But the thing that bothers me is the paint drops disappear and then you hear the sink turn on. She goes over to the sink and the sink is filled with paint. Like, he mm-hmm. washed himself off. The thing that pulls me out in that scene, I still love this movie, but that suit is made out of, you know, hexagonal squares filled with optics and stuff. So the paint getting all over his suit, how did he get it cleaned off in a matter of like three seconds before she got down that ladder? Like she didn't get that. The ladder got knocked over. She jumps down from the ceiling. 
but it's like within that matter of you know in her real time less than a minute time less than a minute how do you get the paint cleaned off out of the crevices of those optics using a kitchen sink with not a detachable head just a a kitchen sink leaning over the sink i'm like how did he clean himself off (laughs) yeah i i do agree that the timing of that is really really fast um Jen made the argument that, you know, it was really fresh paint, so it would probably be really easy to just wash off really fastly, especially if it was one of those uh, kitchen things that has the hose that you could just off and just tip your head down and just do that. And But, like, it, it, it is a go. little bit, yeah, it is a it's little a stationary bit, sink head. <laughs> but even those stationary sink heads, sometimes they have the things that you can pull out. and oh, like, But that, like... It's shown. It's clearly oh, okay. one of those. It's a solid sink. Okay. I'm just, okay. I'm just like, I know I'm being devil's advocate. I still <laughs> no, you're love fine. the movie. But I was like, okay. <laughs> of, of, of the scenes in this that are the most unrealistic, that is the most unrealistic. I will full heartedly agree with that 100%. I am not arguing that the scene yeah. is viable yeah. in any way. That one, and I have a question later on in the movie when we get there. But Okay. No, so from there... She, she leaves the house, gets in an Uber, drives to Adrian's house, yes. and she actually discovers the suit, activates yes. it, and sees it visibly. Apparently, he I think he has at least three suits. Yes, I do too. Um, And so she sees this one, and she takes the suit off the mannequin and goes and hides it somewhere in the house, in this like back corner that only she knew about. Yeah, it's the place that she hid everything when she left to leave the house. Exactly. So she hides the suit, and then she hears uh, him coming, and she hides. He finds her, fights her a little bit, and then she escapes back in the Uber. Luckily, the dog could still smell him, so got in the way between them. Yeah, so the dog really helped during that scene, but... Then after she leaves, she calls her sister and says, you know, just please meet me in a public place. I officially have proof that Adrian is doing this to me. I just need you to meet me. So yeah. they meet at this restaurant. God damn this fucking scene. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, the, the tension here. So they sit at the restaurant and I feel bad for the waiter because the waiter keeps coming up wanting to take the order. And they're like really uncomfortably trying to get him out of here. Like, yeah. we'll start with water and we're going to take a look at the menu. And he just kind of laughs it off but no so during this scene she's talking to her sister and having this conversation like i love you just know this i really love you and i have proof that adrian is alive and then the sister looks funnily to the side of cecilia and you Mm -hmm. see this knife floating there so then the knife glides across slices her sister's neck open then you see something grab Cecilia's arm and hold it up to place the knife in it so quickly. So it mm-hmm. looks like Cecilia killed her sister. It's brilliant. Everyone in the restaurant starts screaming and freaking out as soon as they see it. And Cecilia is frozen. Yeah, She just watched Adrian kill her sister in front of her, in front of everyone. And no one is going to believe her. And that's one question I had about the restaurant was... Did the wet restaurant have security cameras? I'm just curious because if someone checked the cameras, they'd be able to see a floating knife. Here's the thing, though, because I say this a lot because a lot of times people bring up like security cameras and stuff like that. And these things, would they have a reason to? 
yeah, the police would probably want the footage to, you know, look over it and be like, you know, it's evidence. You know what I'm saying? Like the police would want to gather all the evidence they could to convict her, not just eyewitness statements. They'd want as much evidence as they can so they can prove without a doubt that person's guilty. And a lot of times in a lot of businesses, they don't always have cameras over the eating areas. They have them at the entrance and like the backs and the kitchen and like any place where they handle like the money and stuff like that. But they don't always have cameras above where people are eating. So there might not have been a clear shot of the actual happening. <laughs> and that's fair. Like I've I've worked security in a lot of places and had access to cameras and some places are very thorough with their cameras because they're concerned mm-hmm. about, you know, not only their well-being, but the customer's well-being. And then some places, like you said, try to have more of a, you know, we want you to have a comfortable private dining experience. So we're only going to have cameras at the kitchen, yeah. the main doors, and let you have an experience where you don't feel like you're being watched all the time. That's fair. But I'm just saying most restaurants have cameras. I will say one of the things that I've, I've, uh, this is a little bit off topic, but one of the things I've seen recently is there's some restaurants now that have their waiters have body cams like police do. Really? Yeah. And like I've, I've seen a bunch of like interviews with uh, places that do that now. And they're like, you know, we got so tired of people trying to lie to us about what they said they ordered or this or that. Like, no, I said I ordered the steak. No, we actually have footage that you said you wanted the salad. <laughs> I feel like that's a little extreme, but I get it. It is a little extreme or something, but (laughs) I mean, I don't blame them, honestly, because the amount of people try to get free shit from places anymore is ridiculous. Oh, it's very true. I also think it's overkill, but I like I'm with you. I understand why, like the concept of why. Um, But yeah, back to the movie. Yes. Please come and arrest her and take her to this uh, holding facility for, you know, crazy people's <laughs> um and while all this is going on uh you know she's she's getting strapped to the table and she's like looking to the side and she's just screaming like i see you i see you because she like knows he's there which is just help furthering the insanity case for her because everyone there is like there's no one else in the room you're insane you're crazy like what the hell are you talking about and like yeah there's uh, there's at uh, one point where uh it's like one of the second times she goes in the room but um everyone leaves and you just hear right next to her face the word surprise mm-hmm. like he's messing with her again but uh so while she's all locked up she has a meeting with uh you know james and someone else with the police talking about it and she is like whispering i have proof i can't tell you what it is because he is here in this room and like being kind of crazy but you know the other police all stands leaving and james is like you know I, i don't know i want to believe you i just don't know what to do about this situation you know well and he feels really bad he's like i left you and you left my house after the whole thing with uh, Sydney, my daughter, and mm-hmm. I left you in a vulnerable place and all this shit happened after that. And I feel responsible. I feel partially responsible. I failed you. I'm so sorry. And he's like, I shouldn't have left you alone. And mm-hmm. Oh, one other thing. Uh, we should also say that when she got administrated into this uh, mental uh, institute that she got told that she is pregnant. Yeah, they're like, do you know, the nurse is like, do you know that you're pregnant? She's like, no. And like, she says it's within the last few weeks. 
Uh, the last month. Or the last month, which that means that he impregnated her without her knowing, like probably well, while she was sleeping. So the thing was, she she didn't think there was a possibility of her being pregnant because she's been secretly taking birth control because he's been trying to get her to have a baby and been sexually assaulting her to, like, to her force in. a baby. But what she didn't know is he did have knowledge that she was taking birth control and switched all of her birth controls to placebo pills so he could still impregnate her to make her think that she was still fighting the pregnancy. So she's been thinking she's been taking birth control for months and he had switched her birth control out. Yeah, and she finds that part out when she meets with Adrian's brother, Tom, again, Mm -hmm. and... You know, she's she's just looking at him like he's here. Why are you keep helping him? And he says there's one way to get out of this and pulls out a contract for her to sign and talks about the birth control stuff that at that point. Yeah. He's like, you sign this and everything goes away and you go back to him and live your happy life with him. Just that's that's it. You sign. Mm -hmm. And she knocks the papers off the table, tells him basically to go fuck himself. And she says one of my favorite lines in the movie, you're a, you're the jellyfish version of your brother, all the same with no spine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when she knocks everything off the table, she reaches over and sneaks a pen out of his mm-hmm. briefcase and hides it. Um, and then he says, you know, I'll be back in three days for you to think it over whether you want to sign this and goes back to herself. Yeah, she also grabbed some of the adhesive that was on some of the back of the paper that was on top of the tables in there mm-hmm. so that she could use the adhesive to stick the pin on top of the door frame so that the the nurses and stuff wouldn't be able to find it. Yeah, it's like hidden over the lip of the door frame in the shower. Yeah. Um. So then, yeah, they put her in for the night and she goes and grabs the pin and she... Like undoes the pin and gets ready, uh, makes it like so the it's one of those old school style pins, so it's very much got that V shape, like that blade, very on the sharp front blade on the front. And she opens it up and she like turns to the left and she's like, "You're never gonna have me or this baby." And then starts cutting into her arm, getting ready to kill herself or like pretend that she's gonna kill herself and literally starts cutting into her arm, knowing that he's gonna stop her. And as soon as he grabs her. She's like, there you are, motherfucker, and stabs him with it. <laughs> and she stabs him, like, in the neck and then starts stabbing him multiple times, and the suit starts revealing itself sporadically. Mm-hmm. And then some of the orderlies come in. <laughs> yeah, the, like, someone comes in, and she looks to the side. The guy turns around and sees the suit visible now, kind of flickering in and out, and he gets bashed against the wall. And what I noticed here is that I mean, it's mentioned later that there were witnesses, but he gets bashed and doesn't die. Yeah. He just gets knocked out. And some other people die out in the hallway, but they go out. And here's where I like another one of those scenes where I, I got a little disbelief where the suit conveni- conveniently becomes visible and invisible at times where people don't yeah. see the suit. And then it reveals itself in a shocking moment and then it hides again. Um I agree with that completely. That is that is it's very, very like movie magic that everything simultaneously happens the exact way it needs to to be the most convenient way possible. So like during this scene, you know, the guy or Adrian, you know, takes a gun from one of the security guys and shoots a few of them, kills a few of them. And like 
I'll let it slide with the whole camera thing in the, uh, the restaurant. But in this facility, there are clear, visible cameras in this hallway. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, like, there is evidence. Well, and that does come up later. It does come up later that there was a lot of evidence in that facility. They said they they bring it up later that there was evidence and there were witnesses. They never yes. bring up the cameras. And I'm just like, in this time, this is made in 2020, <laughs> security cameras exist and they don't bring it up in the movie. <laughs> witnesses are always better than cameras in testimonies. I agree. I half agree. Like witnesses, witness accounts are very important. Especially from also, security guards. <laughs> Yeah, from security guards. Very important eyewitness mm-hmm. statements. But one thing about cameras is cameras do not lie. True. So, True. I just, in that, it's like, you know, they have enough proof there that... Oh, yeah. yeah. But they, 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 they can't prove any... Like, they can prove someone was there or something was there, but they still can't prove who would be there. No, they can't prove it's Adrian, but yeah. they do believe they. It does prove there is someone in a suit that can become visible. Yeah, attacking the guards there and attacking her. Oh yeah. So then he says to Cecilia, "You think you're pretty smart. You think you figured out how to fight me? Blah 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 blah. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm gonna go kill everyone you love one by one until you come back to me." And he knows immediately she's going after he's going after Sydney. Yeah. And she she grabs a gun and starts chasing him. And like um, she actually uh, tries to shoot at him, but misses. Mm -hmm. But they go out into the rain and she's like. I don't know, ducking under cars, trying to find this guy. And she finds this car that the back hood is open for this like van or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like the only place he could hide without the rain giving. Him yeah. And he attacks her and that's when he gives her that that's, threat. Yeah. And he takes the gun from her and shoots another guard and escapes. Yep. And then she takes that guard's gun and goes out and uh, steals a uh, shoots a random car. So he crashes so she can steal that guy's car. Actually, uh, Adrian caused that car to crash. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. She sees him driving away and hits another car and that car crashes. That's right. Or the car gets out of the way and crashes, but she steals that person's car to chase after him. And then she calls James and James answers and she's like, how the hell are you calling me? It doesn't matter. Yes, it matters. What do you mean? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You need to get to the house now. Sydney's in trouble. Adrian's going after her. Like you need to get to the house no matter what right now. And I love that James just does it at that point. He doesn't keep fighting with her. He doesn't keep arguing. He just goes to the house. And I I love him so much. He's one of the smartest cops I've ever seen in a movie. And I just love how much he's like, okay, okay. I, I, I'll go check on my daughter. <laughs> daughter safety is most important. It's great. Uh, they cut to the house and uh, Sydney's there and gets attacked in her bedroom and her dad comes to save her and starts getting the crap beat out of him and she's screaming and screaming uh like stop why are you doing this and then she stands up to get away and cecilia runs around the corner with fire extinguisher and says get down blows it covers you know Mm -hmm. the suit in the extinguisher and then unloads like four shots into this guy's chest I love this. It was so smart, so brilliant. Again, I just love how smart everyone was in this movie and how like patient everyone was. And yeah, 
she uh, undoes the top of it and realizes that it's Tom in the suit, not Adrian. Mm. And then, of course, you know, they're talking about all this stuff and like, oh, and Adrian was found in his basement tied up. Apparently, Tom had faked Adrian's death and held Adrian captive in his own house in the basement. And Tom went on a crazy killing spree and killed your sister in this invisible suit and blah, 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 blah. blah. And it's like, no, <laughs> you think I'm believing that for a second, which they were obviously working together. And even Tom had said that earlier, that Tom and Adrian were both wearing suits at different times to do certain things. And, and that's why I said, like, I think he had three suits, one for yeah. him, one for Tom, and then the one that she hid in the house. Exactly. Um, so then we get a moment where like, oh, we get the moment where Cecilia is talking with James at the police station, talking about all the evidence they have, talking about this and that. And she's like, it was Adrian. I'm telling you right now, it was Adrian. Tom was in your house. Yes. But Adrian was there the rest of the time. It was always Adrian. Adrian was the one who killed my sister. Tom was just the one who attacked Sydney. And uh, he's like, no, I don't know. And he's like, trust me. And she goes to have a meet Adrian for dinner, trying to, hey, okay, let's 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 have dinner, let's talk, let's blah 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 blah. I want I want you to stop killing everyone I love and know. So please, let's meet for dinner. And James goes with her and puts a wire on her, trying to get a confession from Adrian. Oh, so she goes in and Adrian set up food from multiple different takeout places because he didn't know what she wanted, but she doesn't really seem hungry. He's like, I don't blame you. You know, not trusting and stuff and trying to seem like as endearing as possible that, you know, of course it was Tom. It couldn't have been me. And just trying yeah. to, um, so she sits at the table and they're talking and she's like letting him know, I'll be back with you but we have to start with this relationship with honesty. And she says, I need you to be honest. Tell me it was you or I won't get back with you. Tell me. And he's like, I, I can't because it's not the truth. And he ends up walking up to her and saying something sly, but then he looks at her and says, surprise, surprise in that same way again. And so at that point, that's like her cue. Like that's his confession. He's, yeah. he's not going to say it out loud, but he is going to continue tormenting me. So then she's like, all right, uh, I've been crying. I got emotional again. Uh, let me go to the bathroom and wash up. And she goes and gets the suit that she had stashed away, goes up to him uh, and made sure the dinner can the canner that was facing the dining room was on him, <laughs> gr- grabs him, his hand with the knife, slices his throat and then like just drops him, then goes back and comes out of the bathroom in front of all of every camera that she knows is in the house and walks in a way where she's like, Oh, oh my God, there's a dead body calls 911 immediately. Oh my God. My husband just committed suicide. I can't believe it. It was like really just crying profusely. James sprints to the house. Cause he's like, Oh my God, something crazy did just happen. Like what the hell? It sounds real. And then she steps out of the camera shot. And just like smiles and like gotcha now, bitch. <laughs> like I love she steps out of camera view. Her sad demeanor instantly turns straight faced. Yeah. She sits down, looks at him in the eye as he's dying, and says, Surprise. 
Yep. <laughs> and then she starts walking out all calm and James runs up to the house and she's got the bag with another suit in it. And he's like, this was never about getting a confession, was it? And he's like, how did it sound in there, though? It sounded like he committed suicide. All right. Then he committed suicide. She said, there's cameras. You can see the footage. And he tried to kill himself. And yep. she leaves and the police show up. And, you know, it's, it's I love that it's like a horror movie like this because it's rare nowadays that you have a horror movie with a definitive ending. Like, yes. it ended. There is no, yes. like, idea of a possible sequel. No open ending. Like, it had a clear beginning, middle, and end. And it was satisfying. Yeah. This this was a really good way to end this. Uh, you must have like her sigh of relief and her finally like her face after he is actually dead and she got to actually kill him herself was just like finally I can be at peace. Finally, <laughs> like thank you. And she gets to leave with Zeus the puppy. <laughs> Yay! And that's the movie. Yeah, that's the man. Uh, if you hadn't seen it already, please go watch it. It is very worth it. Yeah. Uh, pairing for this movie. Um, I think a good pairing for this movie, uh, if you were going to have a double feature kind of thing with it, would be, um, I think the original like Halloween would be a really good one for this one. Just the way, or like the thing. Um, just the way that John Carpenter uh, films shots with you, like not knowing that everything's going on, the way he makes you like, look at everything and be very uh analyze every shot to look to see if you can find either the thing or michael or whatever it's just i just think like shot wise very cinematography wise it matches that same style and flow so that's what i would pair with this yeah and i think a movie i'd maybe pair with it if you want to have like a nice psychological horror you know, that, that same feeling of uh, not knowing if something is or isn't in the room. I'd say watch the original Paranormal Activity. I feel like it has oh, a yes. similar vibe. Like, it's, I know it's like, it's a haunting movie instead of, you know, this. But it has a similar feel to it where, like, you're viewing through the cameras and you're not sure if something is there. And you're just watching, waiting for something to happen and watching all the background details. Like, it has a similar feel of unease and tension. No, that's a great pairing for it. Uh Uh, Next week, we are going to be doing Chappie. Chappie, so join us then. All right, and bye.